It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're fixing to have us a good day. Let's have a good day, folks. Zach Blackerby, Michael Pappas here with you today. Happy Wednesday, friend. How are things? I'm good. I'm good. Big day today. I think so. I think so. We got some lister questions as well as an interview uh, at the end of the show with Auburn soccer coach Karen Hoppe. Fascinating to talk to coaches this time of year one because of how they do the offseason in general. But with <laughs> with all of the other things happening right now, it's um, it's a wild time. It's a wild time for sure. Hey, today's show brought to you by the folks that provided me breakfast this morning. Built Bar, big fans of them, and they're big fans of the show, and we appreciate that. They have seven times fewer calories than um, than a lot of the lead bar manufacturers, as well as seven times less sugar. You and I talked about it before, Michael. We talked about it yesterday. You eat this thing, and it genuinely tastes like a candy bar, and it's crazy uh, because it's actually healthy for you. But I'm fine cheating a little bit. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Especially when it's not cheating. Yeah, absolutely. So check them out. You can go to builtbar.com. Use promo code locked on for some uh, some money off of your first box. All right, listener questions. You can text or call the show 205 502 4285. We got way behind on text messages. So these are all texts. So that's why I'm going to read them all. So let's start with a uh, hey, this is Mike from Missouri. My voicemail was too long. I wanted to talk about the 2009 Outback Bowl, a wild game from start to finish. Auburn won the game three different times before it got called back on either review or penalty. Northwestern's kicker looked like he should have signed with Alabama. Northwestern ends up losing in overtime on a fake field goal. It was actually the first Auburn game Auburn played in the 2010s. Pretty fitting, if you ask me. Yeah, I mean, there were so many jokes after that game happened. It's like on the second... Because it, it was played on January 1st, and everyone's like, cool, Auburn's 3-0 and <laughs> to start <laughs> to start 2010. And then, of course, they, they wouldn't lose again for uh, for a while. So um, we've kind of teased, and there'll be a promo in today's show about the documentary series that we have for the 2010 Auburn Tigers. It actually starts right after the Iron Bowl, and that, or right after the um, the Outback Bowl, for that yeah. reason. Because mm-hmm. it kind of um, that's when their story starts, is immediately after that crazy, crazy game. I love slipping an Alabama dig into a text message that has just nothing to do with Alabama. Hey, um, big fan. Yeah, Mike from the top rope in Missouri. Yeah, that's absolutely. Fine. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, yeah, I I don't really have much to say. I mean, an awesome game, pretty fitting. I remember uh, six months ago when uh, Auburn won the Iron Bowl. Everyone talking about you know the start and finish to Auburn's. Auburn football in the decade of the 2010s being, uh, you know, this wild outback bowl being the beginning and then the end being kind of a, a not kind of, a, a crazy iron bowl. One of the best games I've ever watched. Yeah. Yeah, that is crazy. I didn't think about that being the last game of the decade. Yeah, there's a lot of good stuff sandwiched in between there, too. Oh, uh, you know. Yeah, 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 because that was the last game of 2019. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You're right. That's cool. All right. You want to do the next question? Sure. Lawson, Holland, Brown, Davidson were all physically and mentally locked on individuals. Uh, there are others. Do we have any individuals on the D line right now with the same drive it takes to be a winner? Great show, Mike. And it's a different Mike from Mizzou. Different phone numbers there. So, uh, and also locked on is in all caps. We appreciate that. We appreciate that. Uh, shout Solid out. pun. Yeah, shout out to you, Mike. 
Um, I mean, we talked about it yesterday. My guy, my, or really my guys this year on the defensive front, I'm a big believer in Big Cat Bryant. I'm going to say it a million times this offseason. I think he has a chance to lead the SEC in sacks. I'm willing to, I'm, I'm dying on that hill until it happens or not. And then Connus Miller is a guy, I mean, different than these guys that you just mentioned. I think his play style is going to be a little bit different as far as um, being uh, being able to rush the passer and all of that. I mean, all these, well, okay, not all these guys were really pass rushers. Well, yeah, they were. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they kind of were. They kind of were. Um, so I, I don't think Connus Miller is going to have that kind of impact, but I do think he's going to be a stud. Um, but my, my answer to this is Big Cat. What, what do you think? Uh, I, I like your answer a lot. Uh, I'm a big fan of Tyron Truesdale, okay. uh, but I don't think, kind of like you said, I don't think he's going to have the gaudy stat numbers that these guys did. He can do some dirty work, as, you know what I mean? Yeah, as far as yeah. sacks and stuff. But, um, yeah, this is a, a good list. If we're throwing out others, I'd like to put Corey Lemonier in there. Uh, he yeah. went on to play for the 49ers for a little bit, and then... Why do we forget about him so much? D Ford, obviously. Yeah. I mean, right. that's a big one, but this is... a. Uh, yeah, Big Cat is definitely the guy that comes to mind. I really like Derek Hall. Um, he's still a young guy, so he might need another year to kind of get there uh, as a junior. But um, yeah, Big Cat is definitely the name that jumps out to you at the beginning. And people that know a whole lot about the program and, and kind of gets a peek behind the curtain, some of these these guys that I talk to, they love Zacchaeus Walker. So we'll see. I, I don't know if he's a day one guy. Or not, but we will. Uh, we'll see. Um, all right, Mike. We've got two texts from uh, Ricky from Atlanta, and you know, it, texting is easier than calling. I get that. Please, uh, we encourage you to do that. Two zero five five zero two four two eight five. This is interesting because uh, Ricky, in his first text, said Atlanta, and his second text said Auburn. That is interesting. But it's Ricky is spelled the same way, and not it, like it's, you it's would... from the same phone. It's in the same text thread on my my app. Interesting. All right, so um, Ricky from who knows where. Love you, Ricky. Just wanted to bring up something cool I have heard in coverage of the draft. As a Falcons fan, I am super hyped that Marlon Davidson is going to be on my team. He fits an immediate need and should slot in to have great impact this year and beyond. I agree, Ricky. I wish ESPN would have reported this cool news in the midst of all the crazy loss some of these players had, but Marlon's mother, who tragically passed away when he was in high school was 47 when she died, which is why Marlon changed his number to 47 his senior year of high school. What pick was he drafted by the Falcons? 47. Thanks, guys, and War Eagle. I, did, I missed that. That is really cool. On Monday's show, you and Painter talked about the jerseys we're going to see in Jordan Hare from this draft class. Yeah. And uh, I know Painter said Derek Brown. Uh, I think we're gonna, if, if Marlon plays how we you know think he will, uh, I think Marlin is going to be the jersey that we might see the most because do we see his so Falcons many, jersey or do we see his Auburn jersey? Falcons. I, I think okay. so many people, so many Auburn fans are also Falcons fans. So yeah. that's a that's an easy easy crossover. Yeah, I agree with you. And then uh, Ricky, again, I had a question also. But Jalen Green and Greg Brown not coming to Auburn. What other recruits do you think Bruce will attract? Kaminga, if he reclassifies, um, I think, uh, and this news came out. Yesterday, I'm going to read this from Jason Caldwell's article on Auburn Undercover, but Dylan Cardwell, he's announcing his decision at 3 o'clock tomorrow. That is 3 o'clock Thursday the 7th, depending on when you're listening. But 6'10", he's a three-star guy, 159th player in the country by the 247 Sports Composite Rankings. 
he got offered by Auburn, and then he put a tweet out not long after on uh, yesterday, Cinco de Mayo, uh, last night at 10.17 p.m. I will be committing this Thursday at 4 o'clock, 3 o'clock Central Time. Stay tuned. Um, and I believe he's teammates with Sharif Cooper. Yes, teammates yeah. with Auburn five-star point guard Sharif Cooper, um, last signee. Yeah, so I think uh, it's kind of been the big thing is like, all right, if Auburn misses on all these guys, they're going to go get – they're going to go get Dylan Cardwell, and then they offer, and then he says, hey, I'm committing Thursday. So, I mean, I, I think the writing's on the wall there. So um, that's something I'm excited about, a 6'10 guy. Mm-hmm. I mean, if, if this would have been four years ago and Auburn got a 6'10 three-star, we'd all be freaking out. So it just kind of shows how far the program's come. Oh, He's also the nephew of Rodney Garner's wife, so also of Rodney Garner. That's, I don't know why he wrote this this way. Um yeah, he's Rodney Gardner's nephew, and he was in, in y- law. I get, but like I wouldn't say that, like my uncle by marriage. I guess I wouldn't say that I'm not his nephew. I'm thinking if my brother-in-law had a son or daughter, how I would. I don't know how I would because it's that. still your, like my sisters. Like this would have to be Kim Gardner's one of Kim Gardner's siblings. Kids, probably her sister's kid. That's why they don't have the same last name, right? So whatever. But anyway, not the point. So another Auburn tie there. So yeah, I think um, Ricky. I think that's the answer. I think that's the next one you're going to see. The Kaminga stuff's going to be swirling around till that's done. Mm-hmm. Um, that's certainly exciting. We will see. I mean, uh, this article says about the kid that his his high school coach said um, his 15 to 17 foot jump shot got better and. and he uh, is a really good athlete, runs well, going to be an issue for big guys because he runs well. So that's great for Bruce. And if you can move that 15 to 7 foot jumper, you know, a little farther back, we're talking about a 6 foot 10 guy that, that might be able to knock down three pointers. And that would be, that's massive. Sounds like uh, Anthony McLemore. Possibly, yeah. Yeah, maybe so. Maybe so. All right, we will get to more questions in a moment. We'll get to Zach from Tifton, Georgia. We missed out on a nickname. We missed out on a nickname. More on that next, right here on Locked On Auburn. The NCAA tournament is almost here, and listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, you can text us, 205-502-4285. This is Zach from Tifton, Georgia. I just saw a post on Instagram of Spencer Nye after he signed with the Steelers, and Deshaun Davis commented, the enforcer. Looks like another name we missed out on. Another nickname we missed out on. I like Swiss Army Nye better. Yeah, I was going to say, I I don't think that's a miss. We had a better one. We upgraded it. And he loved it when he was here. He was all for it. Chandler Cox was all for it. Yeah. No, when we, I mean, we told those guys that, and Spencer's response was, well, Coach Malzon calls me 99, which mm-hmm. is funny. Um, but like Chandler Cox could have corrected us. Both of them could have corrected us and say, well, actually, it's the enforcer. Thanks. We didn't get that. You yeah, know what I mean? I agree. Uh, I'm not sure this is a nickname, or maybe Deshaun Davis was just feeling like he was an enforcer. I'm going to put the enforcer. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. So, yeah, I don't know Zach from Tifton, Georgia. You got a great name. I just don't feel like we missed out on that. Mm-hmm. But we appreciate the info. Mm-hmm. We appreciate the info. I have a question for you. Okay. 
in your given name, legal name, Zachary. Yeah. Is is there an H? There is. So how come when you do Zach, you don't include the H? Because you're shortening the name. Why wouldn't you shorten it all the way? I, I don't. I don't know. I, I that was just curious. That's why I don't go by Mike, but I also wouldn't go by Mick. That's well. There's a difference between Mike and Michael, or Mike and Mick. There's not a difference between Zach and Zach, except once you're shorter. If you're shortening it all the way, shorten shorten it all the way. Okay. Okay. I have a question. Sure. Zach from Tifton, Georgia, explain why you left the HN. Why didn't you shorten it one letter more? I think that's worth asking. Okay. All right. 205-502-4285. Hey, Michael, not Zach, spelled with an H. Sorry about last time, Michael. Hey, Xander, I forgive you. I guess you should probably read this one. And I love you. Since it's to you and not me. Uh, This is Xander from Atlanta again, back with another question for the podcast. Uh, If the season gets shortened to the eight-game season, will Auburn have a better or worse chance to get to the natty? P.S. My prediction is we go 8-0 and win the natty. There's nothing wrong with having high hopes. Correct. If it gets shortened to eight games, I guess that would be just the SEC slate. I don't think it affects the likeliness of what they would do. Like, like your, your tough games are still the SEC on the schedule. Games, yeah, yeah like you're still playing Alabama, Georgia, and LSU. Yeah, you avoid North Carolina early in the season in Atlanta, mm-hmm. which will not be an easy game. But I, I still think you know. I, I think we've both said that the the real games we're looking at and, and have circled are LSU, Georgia, and Alabama, right? Which you know is every season and would all still be there. Um, it's kind of like I, I think there's just as good chance of them going 8-0 as 5-3. and three. I think 5-3 and three would be more likely than 8-0. I think it hurts Auburn if it goes to a shorter season because you don't get a quality win like North Carolina mm-hmm. and like you don't get the other wins that you would just normally pick up. Yeah, and... It's like 5-3 and three looks a lot worse than 9-3, and three, right? That's true. You know? And you don't get that... Uh, that like confidence boost of beating a good North Carolina team who will probably be in the top 25 in, in week two. I think they'll make sure that it is just from a marketing standpoint. I guess. I mean, ESP depends on your th- yeah, if you, that's getting yeah. down the rabbit hole a little yeah. bit, but all right. Um, last one, and then we'll get to uh, our conversation with Coach Hop. I highly encourage you to stick around and hear that. Hey, Zach and Michael, love the show. This is Brian from Opelika. Got a question for the show. Where do you see Cam Newton ending up? Thanks, guys. Uh, I still feel like Chicago has a chance. Um, I still think that Jacksonville has a chance. But I think they would have gotten them already. I think it's really just going to come down to somebody's going to lose a quarterback in, in, in training camp, and he's going to go there. I don't think it's, I think I it's impossible to predict. Um, actually, underrated here is... If like Tua gets to camp in Miami and they aren't, they don't feel like he's healthy and don't want to throw him out behind the offensive line week one, um, he could go there. But I agree, uh, the first quarterback who gets injured, I think that that's the team that's going to sign Cam, um, especially if it's a playoff team. Right, and I thought Andy Dalton was going to kind of stick around and do the same thing Cam was, mm-hmm. but. He apparently has a home in Dallas, so that's why I signed with the Cowboys, which I guess makes sense. That makes yeah, sense. he's. Uh, I think he's from the area, and he, and went, he, to he went to TCU. Yeah. Uh, so, 
That's fun, but he's also Whatever. like yeah. a bargaining, a great bargaining chip for the Cowboys. I think so. It helps you with your negotiations with Dak. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, coming up, our conversation with Auburn soccer coach Karen Hoppe right here on Locked on Auburn. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. We're joined for the next few minutes by Auburn soccer coach Karen Hoppe. Coach, what a time! What a time we're in right now. I mean, what what are you up to these days? Wow, you know, um, my life is drastically different. Today, mm-hmm. um, I've been in college coaching for twenty nine years, and by far, this is the most time I've ever spent at home consecutively. I mean, it is. It is definitely different, and, you know, I'm just trying to embrace the new normal. I I love being home with my family and spending time with my 8-year-old daughter and having weekends like a normal person. That's kind of weird for me. So um, just trying to enjoy the good out of it and and hopeful that um, things will go back to normal real soon. I mean, just just kind of the way head coaches of pretty much any sport are. I mean, you guys like to work. Uh, I imagine this is very difficult for you guys. It is. It is. It's, um, you know, it, it's a challenge. The hard thing for us is um, we were right in the middle of our spring and we really felt our team was going in a great direction. They were working hard and we had played two of our five spring games. You know, they're just exhibitions, so obviously not near as devastating to us as it was, you know, the basketballs or the spring sports. Ooh, yeah. But, but um, you know, we did miss that developmental period. Spring is fun because we actually – work on player development you know fall is all about preparing to win the next game but spring is where we spend a lot more time developing the players and and um and they were doing great so we lost that and um you know obviously we all thought we'd be back to work a lot sooner than we are and so now we're we're trying to make contingency plans for whatever might happen in the fall sure sure so i mean the little bit of spring that you did get i mean what uh what stood out about your uh, your squad going into this year you know, one of the biggest things is I think they were just hungry. Obviously, we had a disappointing year last fall um, out of the normal for us, not making the NCAAs for the first time in six years. And, and I think the team was really hungry. So the, the work rate and intensity in practice seemed to go up a notch. Uh, they were really working hard defensively. Uh, we were trying to become a bit more aggressive team defensively and, and have a better pressure distance and we felt that was really improving. And then the, the good thing of that is if our defense is, is at a higher level, then our offense has to be better because that's what we're playing against every day in practice. So mm-hmm. um, it, it, we were really going in a good direction, I think, in a lot of ways. Um, so, you know, until spring break. Sure. Right, yeah. Then, uh, then it just kind of everything stopped for a little bit. Uh, so, that's I mean, right. So, do you just kind of go forward assuming that the season will happen, or is that just kind of you know? I mean, it's out of your hands, right? So you can only do so much. I mean, what is that like? Yeah, that that's the hard thing, especially for the you know the staff and the players and and myself. Everybody wants to plan, and you know what I told them. We met with the team Monday again, and you know I just told them, listen, we. We don't control the decisions that are going to be made. They're going to be made at a, obviously a very high level, and, and they're going to be made in the best interest of the health and welfare of 
obviously the student athletes and the staff and the fans. And so we don't control any of that. So, you know, I told them, try not to worry about it and try not to get, you know, caught up in the what if game because we can't, you know, there's too many what if scenarios. So right now, as a scheduled preseason practice starts on August 4th. So that's what I, I told everybody. We just need to prepare for that. And then if that changes, what do we do? We'll adapt and adjust. That's what we do. It's just like a game. You got a game plan and it's not working. <laughs> you have to adapt yeah. and adjust and make changes. So all, all we know is August 4th is the first practice and we prepare for that. And if it gets pushed later, then um, I told the girls, then that gives you all more time to, you know, get your fitness even higher and be sure. more ready. So um, that, that's all we can do right now. Right, right. And I mean, the, the, the kind of the thing that you're hearing as far as, any sports that happen this fall, if they do happen, there's a high chance that there's not going to be fans in the stands. How weird would that be? Be weird. <laughs> be weird. It would take away the home field component quite a bit. Yeah. Um, you know, everybody obviously, all student athletes get get a little extra push from the from the fans. I'm sure. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it it, it will be weird um, for sure. And you know, and again, we we don't know what's going to happen. Right. So. Right. Um, we, we don't know. And, and the good thing is, you know, the student athletes are, are adaptable. Frankly, mm-hmm. they're probably more adaptable than me, you know? <laughs> so, um, a lot older and set in my ways. Like I said, I've been doing this 29 years, and now all of a sudden I'm going to have a completely different season, probably something completely different that we've never experienced. So, um, but the student athletes are real adaptable, and they, they just want to play. Sure. You know, they want to be together, and they want to play, and they want to train. So, I think the, the excitement of being back on the field will, whether there's fans in the stands or not, obviously we want the fans, but if they're not there, I think the, the girls will just be hungry to play. Right, right. And so, I mean, you, uh, what are you able to do right now as far as interacting with your team? I mean, you've got, you've got girls. I mean, you recruit all over the country. Uh, I mean, you guys are pretty spread right. out, probably more spread out than a lot of the teams that, that Auburn has no, right. uh, on campus. I mean, how are you handling that? Well, we... Um, it was funny. We had a Zoom, you know, right after spring break when everything shut down, and and you know we were just talking about what they could and couldn't do. And at that time, we weren't allowed to do anything athletically related. You know, we could check in on them and wellness checks, and we said, you know, you guys can, you know, work out on your own, but you have to make sure it's safe and within your local and state guidelines. And you know, Brooke uh, Burdan from Colorado shows us a picture out her window on her camera and was like, well. I can't really go outside right now. It had like a foot of snow on the <laughs> Sure, ground. right. So what everybody's doing, you know, everybody's just finding new ways to work out right yeah. now, given what, what they're allowed to do and not do. And then um, what happened in, in May, this is completely new and different too for us, is we're allowed to do um, eight hours a week of athletically related activity, but only virtually. So they can't do. We can't require them to do any physical activity. Okay. Um, but we can do virtual. You can do things like film and meetings and stuff like that. But the hard thing for us is, it's all preparation for fall, and I have um, thirteen new players coming in, and they cannot participate yet. So whoa, you know, we talk. Yeah, I know. I got eighteen returns, and we got a huge roster. You know, we were small last year, and we had to build that back up. So we'll we'll have plenty of depth this year, but um. We, we don't want to do anything soccer-related without those guys. You know, if you're going to prepare for the fall, obviously, it's over a third of our team. Mm-hmm. So um, we are looking at – we're doing um, 
some uh, different things. We're going to do some team building. We're going to, my assistant coach, Nick Flory's got a leadership program. Uh, we were going to do it with our team leaders, but we're actually going to do it with all these guys since they'll all be returning players. So we're going to do some leadership stuff uh, sure. virtually with them. We're having our dietitian speak to them today actually about nutrition and things they can do at home to keep up an athlete's nutrition. Right. And um, probably have our sports psychologist come in and do a session or two. Um, and then we're going to do some community service too. We're going to, uh, the girls want to uh, write letters to their local first responders and medical professionals. So just send a thank you letter for all they're doing. We're going to do some some community service like that as well. Sure, sure. Well, Coach Hoppe, thank you so much for your time this morning. I know folks are interested to kind of see, you know, <laughs> what in the world are these, you know, these head coaches and these players up to these days. And um, yeah, I mean, it sounds like you're kind of in the same situation as a lot of us. This is like, gosh, I hope there's sports of all kinds in a few months, and and uh, you know, hopefully people will be able to be in the stands and root for you guys and and cheer on the Auburn Tigers uh, in, in a few months. So, thank you so much for your time, Coach. We really appreciate it. Hey, thank you. It's been my pleasure, and and just a big thanks to all of our medical professionals that are battling this disease for all of us right now. We really appreciate them. War Eagles Act. Good stuff from Coach Hoppe. Thank you so much. Michael, where can people uh, find you on the social medias? Yeah, follow me on Twitter, at CouchPapTato. Follow me on Twitter, at ZBlackerby. Follow the show on Twitter, Locked on Auburn. And please follow us on Instagram, search Auburn Podcast. Another show in the books, folks. We'll be back tomorrow. This has been another edition of Locked on Auburn. It's the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. The NCAA tournament is almost here, and listening to Locked on College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.